Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to another episode in our series of Premier League season previews for all the sides in the Premier League ahead of the upcoming Premier League season which starts in just a few days time. Today we move on to Sheffield United and Southampton, two sides who had up and down 2019-2020 seasons. Andrew Pollard, very interesting to see what they both do this upcoming season though and for Sheffield United and I apologise to Sheffield United fans they're not going to like this especially not coming from a Chesterfield fan but is there a danger of second season syndrome is this the is it Sheffield United you had pegged as rock bottom last season yes yeah okay this that Sheffield United just just checking um me I'm a bit more of an optimism optimism an optimist um full of optimism um and I I don't know I just think with Chris Wilder in charge this is a manager that's Every season for Sheffield United since he took over in 2016 has been a, a case of like, oh, but you you won't top that again. Oh, you won't top that again. And he's taken them from League One all the way through to, to the, 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 the the Premier League. And um, and yeah, I think a lot of people like yourself maybe had them tipped to be relegation fodder last season. And yet again, he, he overcame the odds. He surprised all the doubters. And it was a team that very much for the longest time looked like they may just snag European football and it mm. didn't quite work out um, after after restart. But still, ninth on 54 points, only two points off Arsenal, three points off Wolves and Spurs, who Spurs who did get European football. Um, brilliant season from Chris Wilder and his team. And I think, I don't think you can write them off, even though it may, if you look at it subjectively, you can look at it and think, yeah, but they can't do it again. I don't think mm. you can write off them doing it again just because of, how how well they've overcome the odds in in the past three four years and so mm. yeah I, I, I feel with, I think with Chris Wilder I don't think he seems very much like he he doesn't let anything there's there's no um, there's no complacency he doesn't let any of that no. sit in and so I, I think for that I think there won't be a, a second season syndrome for their second year back in the Premier League and I think yeah I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching Sheffield United play again yeah no they they play some great football and uh, I'll hold my hands up and along with many other people, admit that I got completely wrong last season. What Sheffield United are we going to do in the Premier League? I, I think, arguably, my bias may come from the fact that Chesterfield considered Chris Wilder for the manager's job years ago and decided on probably Dean Saunders around that time. And look at where we are now. Look at where they are now. 
But enough about Chesterfield here. Um, yeah, I think Chris Wilder is probably the most integral part of this Sheffield United side. He instills this belief in his players and they, they play. You know, you often see championship sides come up and just play desperately not to lose. But they go out there, they play really entertaining, expansive football. And they did so, so well last season, particularly if you're a fantasy football fan with John Lundstrom uh, getting all the goals from defence. But let's talk about the rest of the side. Of course, a big loss for them uh, over this summer weird transfer window period is the loss of Dean Henderson. He heads back to Manchester United to deal with the whole David De Gea situation, which you can check out on our preview of Man United season uh, available right now. But are they going to miss him? Is Aaron Ramsdale quite the adequate replacement? Um, I think, yes, they are going to miss him because I think Dean Henderson to me is... In terms of English goalkeepers, he's probably, to me, the second, if not the best, in the league. So I'd say it's him and Nick Pope. It's a, Maybe it's a, a one and a 1A. One uh, but Hen- Dean Henderson is going to be a big miss to any side. Um, and the fact that, that, that he's going back to Manchester United with the possibility of becoming Manchester United's number one, then that says that, yeah, this is going to be a big miss for Sheffield United. I, I think in Aaron Ramsdale, him going back to Sheffield United from Bournemouth, uh, I think I think it's it's... It's a decent signing for them. I, I think, yeah, you, you're not going to have Dean Henderson, but I think Ramsdale, even though it was a, he was in a poor Bournemouth team that got relegated, I thought he had some some games where he, he looked absolutely brilliant. And it was one of those where you're thinking, hmm, he wasn't at fault there for Bournemouth getting relegated. There's there's There was a lot of contributing factors in that relegation. And I think, yeah, for the price, 18 million, yeah, I, I think that's... That's not a bad bit of business, really. Um, could they maybe gotten cheaper, possibly? Mm. But then you look at the, the rest of the market and and the, the prices being talked about. Uh, Nick Pope being talked about for thirty-five to forty million. And you think, okay, maybe eighteen million is about fair. So yeah, they will miss Henderson, but I think Ramsdale's uh, could prove to be um, be a good signing there for them. And again, uh, to me, I, I trust Chris Wilder. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think in moving so quickly to get someone like Ramsdale in, I think it's a really good bit of business, uh, especially because, you know, sides will know that they are looking for an experienced Premier League goalkeeper. I think this is not the season to suddenly take a gamble on a foreign um, goalkeeper who's never had any experience of the rough and tumble of the Premier League. Aaron Ramsdale, I think, uh, will do a great job for them. In terms of their other key players, we mentioned yeah. uh, Lundstrom as well, obviously alongside Henderson. Uh, who else have we got to look out for alongside, of course, Player of the Year, Chris Basham? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a, a strange one in one way with Sheffield United, where when it comes to, to the, the joys of modern football here in 2020, and you, you look at squads, you look at, at the, the players available to them, and it's like, oh, well, that's the stand-up player, and that's the stand-up player. With Sheffield United, it's very much a, a squad effort. It's very much across the board. There's no superstars, per se. There's just a lot of really good footballers who know their role in a system and are really good at it. Um, but, yeah, it, it's you could go through the, the team sheet of 1 to 11, and they all kind of... They're all just as important as each other, whether it's um, Chris Basham, whether it's John Egan, George Baldock, Ender Stevens, uh, Jack O'Connell, when he came in, uh, Sander Berger, which was another good bit of business, I thought, and Ollie McBurney, who after the restart seems to, to find his goal-scoring uh, boots, um, and, and David McGoldrick as well. I think there's just all of them, really, for me. Um, it is. It, it, I don't want to make this all about Chris Wilder, but it just comes back to me, the manager, mm. that he knows that whoever is starting... For him that, that he knows how to get the best out of them so in that way there's no star players per se but they, they signed Max Lowe and Jalen Bogle from Derby they seem to have gone through now but the one that grabs my eye as a Welshman is Ethan Nampadu going there on loan which mm. I believe was confirmed this morning as we're recording this 
And I think that's that's a really, really good bit of business for them. I, I think it, he's, to me, he's a superstar in waiting. Um, mm. And I think to get him on loan for a season, to, to bed him in uh, to the Premier League football, I think it's a really good deal for all parties, for Chelsea, for, for the player, and also for, for Chris Wilder and Sheffield United. But yeah, I think if I was going to maybe pick out one player, I'd maybe go Sander Berger as the one, just mm. because I, I just thought he looked he looked like a real, real top player when he, uh, when he came in in what, uh, January. Uh, I felt very happy for McGoldrick. I thought he was never going to score yes. more in the Premier League. He scored like three and they all got disallowed for various different reasons. Uh, and then, of course, like Bosses, he scores one and scores one immediately again after that. Um, you mentioned Ollie McBurney there. We mentioned McGoldrick. Um, the big thing for them this season is striker scoring goals because it wasn't a great return for, for them up front. And... Uh, you know, if teams figure them out a little bit more, then they're going to need to score more goals to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, and it's this this bonkers system that Chris Wilder has of overlapping centre halves. It's just nobody's worked out how to cope for it yet in the Premier <laughs> League, and it's that's why I think it's just so so great to watch Sheffield United. I mean, without a, a particular um, dog in the hunt in in terms of Premier League football for myself. Um, there's other teams I like to watch, like Sheffield United and Wolves, where it's you just teams that you like to try playing just different sorts of football. And I think mm. the fact that Sheffield United, good old unfashionable traditional Sheffield United, that come to the Premier League with this this insane tactics of having their their, their centre backs overlap and basically end up playing as wingers almost. It's just like this is brilliant. It's it's absolutely nuts and it works and nobody knows what to do with it. Which again, going back to fantasy football, makes Sheffield United defenders a must. But I believe we may may do a fantasy football podcast at some point this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's maybe they get I don't know maybe they get sussed out. But I, again, I I just have all the the praise in the world for Chris Wilder, and I'm sure if if teams manages to manage to suss out this tactic, then I think he's got something else up his sleeve. I, I really rate the man highly. Yeah, I think uh, as much as I. I uh, love winding Sheffield United fans up by suggesting they're going to have that second season syndrome. I think at the worst, they'll probably finish mid-table. And who knows, maybe maybe a cup run again in there. They made the quarterfinals, I want to say, the FA Cup. It was all around when, when everything was getting cancelled left, right and centre. But, you know, uh, more of the same, hopefully, from the next season. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. Um, like I said just before, they the ended up ninth and... It was a little bit like Leicester, where Leicester came fifth and it was seen as a massive disappointment just because they'd been second for a while and were, were looked uh, nailed on for at least Champions League football. But in reflection, fifth was a great season for Leicester. Uh, and I think with Sheffield United, it, it kind of it, it tailed off and there was a bit of a whimper and they came ninth and it was like, ah, oh, but they were doing so well. And it, in hindsight, at the beginning of the season, if you'd have said, right, you're going to come ninth in the Premier League, Sheffield United fans would have bit your hand off. And they had a great season. Like I said, three points off European football. That was it. Just one win away from catching Spurs. Um, and yeah, I, I think very much uh, same again for next season. I think that, that somewhere between, uh, they'll definitely be top half, top half, um, top half. And yeah, I'd, I'd say maybe eighth, ninth to be realistic for Sheffield United. And who knows, maybe if they can get a few more bodies in again mm. uh, before the transfer window. And it, it seems with Chris Wilder, he's going very much, he's, yeah, okay, there was a Sanderberger uh, transfer in in January, but he seems to very much just go with British players that he's watched extensively in, mm. in domestic leagues over here um, with, like I said, the, the two lads from Derby, Max Lowe and Jalen Bogle, Ethan Ambedou from Chelsea. Um, and so, yeah, maybe he, I think he, he comes across more as like, right, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to go out and spend 
25 million on a player. Sander Berger, an exception, but that's not the regular um, mantra for Sheffield United and for Wilder. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting if you can get a few more deals done and, and who they would be. But it is, I just, I, I feel like this is just a loving totally for him. But I just, I think Chris Wilder, I trust everything the man does. And I'm just a Wrexham fan. And yeah, <laughs> boo to Dean Saunders again. Just, oof. Don't get me started. I know. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk instead about Southampton, who could well be a surprise package of uh, next season, perhaps. I think they were third in the away form table. So if they can actually sort out how they play at home, particularly when Leicester come to visit, it could be very interesting for them this season. Yeah, yeah. It's um, with Southampton, they seem like one of those teams where they didn't really want the season to end because they just they hit some stride after restart. And I think that a lot of credit has to go to the Southampton board for yeah. for not sacking Ralph Hasenhutl when they got turned over 9 0 by Leicester on 25th of October of last year. And then after that, they lost to Man City. Then that was followed up by a loss to Everton. And after the Everton game, they were second from bottom and looking like they were absolutely knackered and done for. Um, to be fair to him, they, they stuck by the manager and he eventually turned things around. And, and he had Southampton playing some good football by the by the end of the year, uh, well, by the end of the season. Um, and I think, I think yeah, it's it's a strange one with Southampton because if they can build on that momentum, I mean, they ended up 11th in the end, um, 52 points last season. If they can build on that momentum and the form they showed towards the end of the season, then, I mean, they could be one of those surprise contenders that, that may be there, thereabouts, just nibbling away to, to get a European spot. Yes, let that be a lesson to you Watford fans. Changing your manager doesn't always change your fortunes and sticking with them sometimes works in the long run. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of, of what they decided to do there and the, the mm. fact that, I mean, they looked like a different side, I have to say. When you were looking at them towards the end of the season, you would not believe that this was a side who lost 9-0 and who looked like none of the players were really bothered about playing for Hassan Hootle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that that very much says that how much those players did want to play for him. The fact that, yeah, they 
everybody seems to take collective responsibility for that, the, the humiliation against Leicester. It wasn't the case of the players just, oh, well, it's the manager. We don't like playing for him. We don't like his tactics. And it wasn't the manager throwing the players under the bus. I remember the, the post-match interview where Ralph House Newt will come out and just said, yeah, that was horrendous. From That was that was my fault. And blah, blah, blah. He, he tried to take all the blame. But you realise that I think some of the players respect that and they clearly were playing for him. Um, and they went on that run at Christmas where they got wins over Villa, then Chelsea, then Spurs and Leicester in the space of a couple of weeks. And that was really the, the catalyst then to launch their season. Uh, and from there, they, they kind of peeled away from the relegation zones. And and yeah, like you said, by the end of the, the season, especially after the restart, it was it was like a, a completely different team. Um, and I think it's it's a it's a big reward for the manager to see his players bounce back like that. And I think it's a big reward for the for the, the well, a lot of credit has to go to the players uh, for recognizing that. But all all around, I think Southampton, it's yeah, like you said there, it's just it's a really good example of sometimes change isn't always the best thing, mm. no matter how bad things may look it can always get worse, as Watford have found out. <laughs> Whereas sometimes if you just stay the course, now and again, things can turn themselves around with a lot of hard work. And, and yeah, credit to Southampton on that front. Uh, let's talk about Danny Ings then. He had yes. a sensational season. He's played himself back into the England side um, with his performances over the last year or so. 25 or something goals in the Premier League. Uh, what is the latest with him? Because there's always going to be speculation, despite the fact he came to Southampton from Liverpool, that he's going to be linked with with bigger sides with a performance like that last season. But I believe Southampton are attempting to offer him a new contract to sort of uh, allay any of those fears for Saints fans. Yeah, well, it was 25 goals in, in 42 games, all competitions, which is a phenomenal return for uh, for any striker, let alone somebody that's at the supposedly unfashionable club like Southampton, who aren't necessarily renowned for scoring lots of goals. Um, and there was talk in, I, it would have been January. I'm trying, the, all the days and weeks and months blur into one. I'm thinking, mm. when did this one happen? Oh, it's when they got Igarlo. Yeah, there was talk when Manchester United um, got Igarlo on loan. At one point, Danny Ings was being linked with a mutual Trafford. And that was being suggested for maybe the end of the season. Uh, Spurs were a team that had been linked with him. There's, he's, he's had a lot of the, the supposed big boys snapping around him. But yeah, Southampton obviously want to keep him. Um, are, are looking to time down with a new contract. And I, I think for the player, he seems happy there. I mean, he's scoring goals. He, he's going to be happy. And I think maybe he will have been maybe a little bit burnt by that Liverpool experience. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, that's that's a huge factor, you sense, in him being linked with bigger clubs that, well, I yeah. get game time here. And that's got me into the England side. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he made the big jump from Burnley uh, to Liverpool. Um, and yeah, he was hit by injuries, which he had some horrible injuries, to be fair to him. But it, it's when he was fit, he wasn't getting much game time. And you think, well, right, OK. You've had the move to Southampton now. You've scored a lot of goals. You're in the shot window if you want that move, but you're playing regular football. You're the man for Southampton. You're back in international football in the England fold. Why would you want to make that move, um, especially when you've done it once and it's maybe not through um, fault of your own, but it didn't really work out at Liverpool. Mm. So I think, yeah, if I, if I was Danny Ings, I'd be content to stay there because he's got a really good thing going. He's playing well. He's scoring goals. He seems to be enjoying this football. And after the, the few years he had where he had those really bad injuries, surely there's got to be a point where it's it's just about playing football and being happy playing football and that's what he's doing now so to me it's I'd like to see him stay there but who knows and he's got a good squad around him he's not the mm. only key player for for Southampton who else uh, are you looking out for in the next year or so uh, yeah, as a sucker for somebody who loves a set piece, uh, James Ward-Prowse always jumps off the page I've been touting him for years as this next big superstar in Maybe he's not. I'm pitching him a little bit too high as, as to where he, he is going to end up or where he's playing and, and ended up. But he's just such a, a very good player, such a key part of of what um of the of the, well, of the way that Southampton line up. Um, just he's 
he, he marshals things very well in midfield, is creative, can see a pass, a really intelligent footballer. And his set-piece delivery, whether it's from corners or free kicks or direct free kicks, is is one of the best in the league. Um, so he's key. Um, I think it will be a big loss to, to lose Hoberg to Spurs. Yeah. I, I think he's a, a really a kind of under-the-radar good footballer, I think. Um, Harrison Reed's left as well to Fulham, but that's not a, a big deal, really, because he was already out on loan last season. But I don't know. What I saw towards the end of the season at Musa Gineppo, I thought he looked really lively and one of those players that... Maybe a little bit erratic, but on his days he can be unplayable. Um, Alex McCarthy in goal has, has proven himself to to be a proper Premier League standard goalkeeper, I think. And then there's Kyle Walker-Peters as well, which I think was a nice bit of business to get him off Spurs for, I, I think, maybe 11 million that was. Um, and who knows, maybe Che Adams. Maybe Che Adams, because there was, there was a little bit of, of high hope for him last season. Um, and he didn't really... Well, he didn't. He had a poor season by all accounts. Um, but towards the end of the season, he he got a few goals. And you think, well, maybe there is a player there. Maybe it's just a case of him getting acclimatised to Premier League football, acclimatised to Ralph Hasenhutl, and maybe Che Adams as a, as a breakout season. But I, I don't know. But yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to with Southampton. And I always like Vestergaard because I like it, just a big, tall centre-half mm. who um, who's really good for your own feet for, when it comes to corners. But <laughs> that's just that's me with, with uh, rose thinning glasses on. Yeah, I think with, with Che Adams, maybe don't come out and say you're going to challenge for the Premier League as a Southampton player. Yeah, mate. It's a bad idea to say something like that. But yeah, he really, really got into some decent form at the end of last season. And, you know, having him and Danny Ings on form would, would make Southampton, you know, a genuine contender for possibly even European football at the end of, of next season. I did want to mention Carl Walker-Peters. I thought, yeah. you know, losing Hoiberg, as you mentioned, was it was going to be a big blow for, for Saints. But getting someone like him in, who's such an exciting prospect, is a really good bit of business as you alluded to yeah 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 as somebody who's who's as of today has been watching the all or nothing documentary on spurs and he's he's featured in that and it's just before he goes out on loan to saints and obviously that move's not been made permanent i think that's i was surprised Tottenham let him go i really was because he he seemed like uh, well he does he seems like a really good prospect he seems like somebody who's ready to play regular premier league football he looked good but towards the end of last season for southampton and so yeah for spurs to let somebody go a young english player who's touted so much for 11 million that's Kind of unheard of, really, in in modern day football. Just the default of being young in English. Normally, see somebody somebody's price mm. skyrocket, um, like Jordan Ibe or Dominic Solanke going for twenty million and twenty five million, silly money. So yeah, I think I think I think Saints have got a real um, bargain on their hands there, and and that just is another name to bring into the back line. I think they still could do with with a few more players. Um, uh, Mario Yoshida left on a free transfer mm-hmm. Southampton, but wasn't getting as much game time as he'd like towards the end of the year. I think. Um, and at 32, I think it, maybe it's, it's a good move. And, and Sampdoria is a great club to go to. Love me some Sampdoria. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I think Southampton, they, they could do with a few more bodies. But if they can get a couple more names through the door, um, ideally, I guess, by the weekend, which might be a bit too soon, or, or at least by the time the transfer window closes, then, yeah, they, there's, a, there's a good foundation there to build on from what they achieved last season. So, yeah, all it needs is a few tweaks, a few more players here, a little bit more quality. And, it wouldn't be unheard of if, if this time next season, well, not this time next season, but by the end of the season, <laughs> whenever that is going to be, that Southampton are there, thereabouts when it comes to the European spots. Yeah, I sense mid-table was the minimum requirement for them now as a result of last season. And who knows, maybe they probably will 
in most people's books, finish above Sheffield United. But do let us know your thoughts on both of these sides in the comment section below. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily football podcasts when you're out and about. You can also continue the conversation on Twitter at What Culture FC. Why share? Follow both of us. You can follow Andrew Pollard at... At Culture the Left Peg. And you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture FC, as I said. But for now, this has been the Premier League season preview for Sheffield United and Southampton. Uh, the next one will, of course, be Tottenham and West Brom. I think yeah. nearly there. We've nearly yeah, made it. We've got West Ham and Wolves after Wolves. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so join us for that one. But for now, my thanks, Andrew Pollard. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.